0: Hello, and welcome to the Pest Control Marketing Podcast with your host, me, Hal Coleman, uncensored and unplugged. Pay attention, take lots of notes, because you're going to find out exactly how to get more new customers, more referrals, and grow
1: your business. Hal Coleman has been active in the pest control industry for over 40 years, including owning and operating his own successful pest control business for 18 years. Since the birth of the internet, Mike has been showing small business owners how to get more new customers, increase their sales, and grow their businesses online using audio and video, now with iPhones and Android phones. For more information about Mike's coaching program and his online training courses, visit mikestewartcoaching.com or email him mike at internetaudioguide.com.
0: Well, this is Hal Coleman again here for another episode of the Pest Control Marketing Podcast, and I'm here with my good friend, mentor, and business partner, Mr. Online Mike Stewart. You there, Mike?
1: Oh, Hal, I am here, and I am so excited about online things today. There is so much new stuff. Now, a lot of people listen to these podcasts, you know, on demand, but this is January of 2019, and it is a great time to be online and offline.
0: Well, it is. And and I'm going to talk to you. I I want to tell you a little story, Mike, and and telling it to you, I'm going to be sharing it with everybody. But uh, our our dear friend, the late Larry Latimer, uh, we we both worked with for many, many years. uh, I want to tell you about a five minute conversation with Larry Latimer that changed my life.
1: Well, you know, uh, I, I want to hear your version because I will. I want to hear everything you have to say. But I promise you, Larry Latimer was a very special human being to me. Uh, he brought us together. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, um, I do. I do. And more sure importantly, is. he he said so many things to me that changed my life. So uh, his spirit is with us today. And uh, I forever believe that if it hadn't been for Larry Latimer, I wouldn't have near the things I have in my life same with me so uh this this starting 2019 january show is dedicated to our dear friend that should have been a world famous hero but he is to me
0: he is to me too like you know mike it kind of started back back in on november 16th 2001 i was inducted into the atlanta country music hall of fame you know you know that and and it was for 25 years of of, uh, songwriting and country music and performing, uh, in and around the Atlanta area in the Southeast. And, and during that, those years I came in contact with, uh, and was, of course I, I was a pest control operator during the daytime, but at night and on the weekends, I was a songwriter and I got to work with a lot of great songwriters, a lot of musicians, a lot of recording artists, uh, uh, including Jerry Reed. I recorded with him on several occasions. He recorded some of my songs, Ray Stevens recorded uh, a couple of my songs. And, uh, one of the guys that I met and got to work with was Larry Latimer. Now, Larry was a great songwriter and Larry used to hire me to sing his demos. And for people that don't know what a demo is, you know, if you write a song and you want to try to get it recorded first, you go into a recording studio and you record the song and then you, that's known as a demo. And then you take that recording and you play that recording for high level producers and recording artists and publishers. And you try to get somebody interested in the song that wants to record it and put it out as a record. So Larry used to get me to to sing his, his demos here in Atlanta because he liked, he liked my voice a lot. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's how we got started together. I was in the pest control business. Larry had a, uh, an advertising agency in a marketing business during the daytime. His alter ego was his music as mine was, uh, so Larry and I had this relationship together for, for quite a few years there. And then, you know, the, the music industry began to change and, uh, my pest control business began to grow. and. Larry's marketing business began to grow. Larry and I actually, uh, uh, wrote some jingles together and produced them. We did that in your recording studio in Atlanta because you were full-time music back then. And you owned a big, nice recording studio and here in Atlanta, but as times began to change and his business grew and my business grew, we kind of drifted apart and we kind of drifted out of the music business for a lot of years. And I, I lost contact with Larry for about 15 years. And one day at uh, a mutual friend's funeral, Bill Lowry, who was the, the, the president and owner of Southern Tracks Records and Lowry Music in Atlanta, uh, a great legend to all of us, uh, Larry and I met, ran into each other at Bill Lowry's funeral. And we, you know, we kind of bumped into each other. And he looked at me and said, Hal? I said, Larry? And it was funny because we weren't looking at each other's faces. We were looking at each other's hair because our hair had both turned white since we saw each other last time. (laughs) And we we really weren't sure it was us, you know, and we laughed about that. And we started talking and we decided that we needed to get reconnected. So we planned the next week to meet for coffee at the Waffle House uh, up in Roswell. And so we we did, we met about eight o'clock in the morning and Larry explained to me that he had sold his advertising business and retired. And he really, really enjoyed his retirement for about two and a half days. And after that, he decided he wasn't cut out for retirement. So he wanted to get back into the marketing business and advertising business, but he wanted to work with one specific industry only. He just wanted to be a niche marketer So he was researching some industries to, uh, to get involved with. And I, we talked, I said, well, you know, Larry, I've been in the pest control business for 25 years. I know that business up one side and down the other. Why don't you get involved with the pest control industry? And and it's like the, see these light bulbs started coming on in our heads at the same time. And we looked at each other. He said, well, well, tell me about your business, Hal. So I started telling him about my business and what all I did. And he said, uh. How do you market your business? I said, well, you know, I do a little everything. I said, yellow pages. I've been in that for for years, and uh, I've done some radio and some television. I've done, uh, I do a lot of networking. I've done flyers and uh, a little bit of cold calling. He said, well, how's it all worked for you? I said, well, you know, I- I've spent a fortune on it, Larry, over the years, and I can't say that I have gotten a fortune in return. I don't have a fortune. And I said, but it's just really expensive, but you got to do it. You know, he said, well, I said, some of it, I never even made my money back on. And some of it I made some money on. He said, have you ever tried direct mail? I said, yeah. I said, that was my biggest failure of all. He, He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I, I tried some of it, didn't have any luck, but there was a guy who was a really successful advertising agent had his own business. He was in my Sunday school class and we were talking one day and he, he convinced me to to do a, a a direct mail campaign with his company. And I paid him, uh, actually paid him $12,000 to design a mail piece. And we sent out thousands of them. And he said, man, this is going to put you on the map. I was so excited. Well, he said, I should get expect to get maybe a one to 2% conversion Uh, on my investment. In other words, for every 100 pieces I sent out, I should get one or two new customers. Well, Mikey, it didn't work out that way. Uh, I ended up getting a 0.1% conversion. I didn't even make my money back, much less make any money from it. It it was just like $12,000 down the tubes, and uh, I was really disappointed with that. So, I was telling Larry this and he said, well, uh, why do you think it didn't work? I said, well, because I think direct mail doesn't work in the pest control business, I guess. He said, well, that's not it at all, pal. He said, direct mail is awesome. It's one of the most reliable forms of, of marketing a small business. I said, well, then why didn't it work? He said, well, I, let me, let me explain to you why it didn't work. I said, no, nah, well, never mind." I said, I, I'd rather talk about something else. I certainly don't want to talk about direct mail. Uh and he said, Well, listen hear me out. He, and I and I almost kind of got the feeling he was going to try to sell me something. So I, I I said, All right. He said, listen. He said, what if I could explain to you in five minutes or less why your direct mail didn't work? And 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 uh how you lost a ton of money by doing it wrong. I said, Well Larry I didn't do it. The dang professional company did it. He said, Well hear me out. He said, will you give me five minutes? And he said, at the end of five minutes, if you don't want to know any more about it, I'll never mention it again. Is that fair? I said, okay. I I set my little stopwatch on my wristwatch and I said, you got five minutes, Larry. Well, in that five minutes listening to Larry, it basically changed the course of my life. Uh, It led to me selling my pest control business 10 years ago and becoming a full-time sales and marketing coach. That's, that's where that five-minute conversation ultimately led to. Larry, in that five minutes, explained to me why people buy things and what you have to be able to do to sell them things. He explained that you have to have a powerful, dynamic, compelling, seductive, hypnotic, and irresistible message and offer to people if you, if you want them to be inspired to buy from you. And he said, 98% of marketing and advertising is dull, boring, unemotional, irrelevant. Some of it's even insulting. And that's why you don't get any response from it. And he said, "I, I tell you what, he said, let's, let's do this. He said, let's set up a direct mail campaign for your pest control business, just to prove that what I'm telling you is true. And he said, it won't, I'm not going to charge you anything for it. I'll help you do it. I'll show you how to do it. We'll set it up. And all it'll cost you is the postage to send the stuff out. He said, we're not even going to have a, a nice piece or anything. We're just going to send a letter to people. I said, okay, I'll go along with you there, especially if you're not going to charge them anything. So he said, What two pests or animals or bugs in your business makes the hair stand up on the back of people's necks more than anything? I said, Well probably snakes or rats. He said, Well, do you all do snake treatments and rat treatments? I said, We don't do snake treatments. We'll go get one out of somebody's house or by the yard, but we do a lot of rat treatments. He said, Well, do you want to do more rat treatments? I said, Oh heck yeah. I love to doing rat work. So he said, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna write a letter to people and tell them about rats and offer to do a a free inspection for them and yada yada. So we're going to, we call it the rat letter. So we sent out a thousand rat letters to people, homeowners. And, and that rat letter generated after all expenses, right down to the dad gum, uh, ballpoint pens would use to write the letter so to speak everything considered that rat letter generated a 250 percent net profit for me uh with that campaign and i was just blown away by it by the the amount of business i sold from that rat letter now here's the thing that was surprising that rat letter was 11 pages long 11 pages long and you know, people would be aghast. They'd say, nobody's going to read an 11 page letter. People aren't going to read anything like that. Well, they will if it's powerful, dynamic, and compelling, and seductive, and hypnotic, and irresistible. They'll read it. They won't read it if it's dull, boring, and unemotional, and irrelevant, and maybe even insulting. So, so learning how I learned that day in that conversation that. The decision maker when it comes to buying something is the subconscious mind, not the conscious mind. And we all know that when you're selling, you want to be speaking directly to the decision maker, because if you're not speaking to the decision maker, you're basically wasting your time. So when you're speaking to somebody in order to make a sale, you want to be speaking to the decision maker, which is their subconscious mind, not their conscious mind. So Larry taught me in that five-minute conversation how to speak to the subconscious mind. I, Mike, that, that five-minute conversation turned into a four-and-a-half-hour conversation, and I took about 15 pages of notes as fast as I could write them down from what Larry was telling me that day. And uh, after that, I was on fire because it made so much sense. And when we applied it to the rat letter, the proof was in the pudding because there it was, the money came in. Now, fast forward about a year later, uh, I began really studying direct response marketing, which is what this is all about. And I began reading books. I, I'd subscribe to newsletters from great, uh, direct response marketers. I started going to workshops and seminars Uh, And I started meeting with Larry Latimer once a week, every Wednesday morning for four hours. We met for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I just sat there and took notes. Now, we decided to do a big project together for the pest control industry. And right after we got this project started, as you know, Larry became ill. He got sick and went to the hospital and he passed away. Uh, And uh, but but he had set me on a course that where I never looked back. Now, let's fast forward it up, like I said, about a year. It came time for my Yellow Page ad to uh, become due again. Now, this was was almost 15 years ago. I'm still in the Yellow Pages. Got a lot of business from the Yellow Pages. In the beginning, it was a gold mine, but every year it got less and less because other Yellow Page books popped up. The internet came along. People began to discover ways to market on the internet. So my yellow page rep came in one day and he said uh, <clears throat> you know he would come in every year. Say, How's it going? Well, I'm not getting as much business as I used to. Well, we need to increase the size of your ad. So I would increase the size of my ad. The next year, ah, it's not going as well as it was. Well, we need to add color. So we began increasing the size of the ad and adding color to finally I had what was known as a double truck ad. That's when you open the yellow pages. You've got both pages. You've got the whole thing, both sides of the, I mean, it's a double page ad. And I was in two different yellow page books. I was in the Roswell Alpharetta yellow page book and the, uh, coming Dawsonville yellow page book. And my yellow page bill at that time was $74,000 a year. That's what I paid to be in those two books. And I made money. I really did. So when the yellow page rep came around this particular year, I had designed a whole new yellow page ad. I was going from a double truck color ad. I decided to drop back down to a half page non color ad, which is black ink on the yellow page. And, and, I, and it, it was a, it was a direct response marketing ad. It was not pretty. It had no graphics. It had nothing. I said, this is what I want to put in the book. And the guy looked at me, he said, you're not serious, are you? This is some kind of joke. I said, no, this is what I want to put in there. He said, Hal, this this is not an ad. I said, what do you mean it's not an ad? He said, it's not an ad. He said, it looks like some kind of article or something. I said, well, that's okay. I'm going to put it in there. He said, you can't put this in there. I said, why not? He said, because nobody's going to read any of this stuff, Hal. I said, yeah, they will. He said, look, the the print's too small. They can't even read it. I said, well, I checked it. It's bigger than the print in the Bible. It's bigger than the print in the newspaper. They read those things all the time. And he said, man, he said, you might as well flush your money down the toilet. He said, you you can't do this. I said, well, I'm going to do it. So I sent it to their graphics department, you know, to get a proof. And they sent it back and they had removed about 75% of what I had on the ad. So I, sent, I said, nope, you're going to put it in there exactly the way I have it or I'm not going to take the ad out. Well, they changed it again. So I, I I got it formatted in a PDF. I didn't know how to do it, but I took it in my printer. He printed it out in a PDF so they couldn't mess with it. And I sent it in. I said, it's either this or nothing. So they put that half-page ad in the yellow pages. And that book came out. And over the next year my return on my investment went up a little over 300% from the yellow pages, from that little half page non-color ad. So the next year when my yellow page uh, rep came around and he walked in with that big smile on his face, like he'd been doing for the last 15 years. And he said, how's it going, man? I said, you know, I said, I'm having to restrain myself because I'm so pissed off at you. I said what I really want to do is just haul off and knock you out of that chair right onto your butt. And he's like, "Wow, what did I do?" I said it's not what you did it's what you didn't do. I said I've been listening to you for 15 years uh trusting you to grow my business through the yellow pages. And I've been getting bigger ads. I've been doing color ads. I've been getting readers. I've been doing everything you told me to do. And I said, then I put this, this little simple ad that you told me I was an idiot if I put it in the yellow pages, but I did anyway. And I said, my return on my investment has gone up over 300%. I said, now I went back to year one. I've been tracking my yellow page business for 15 years and and I've sold somewhere roughly around $860,000 worth of business from the yellow pages over the last 15 years. And I said, the way I look at it, I said, if I'd have had this ad in there for all those 15 years, instead of all those expensive color, big ads you told me to have, if I'd have had this ad in there the whole time. I said, the way I look at it, you've cost me somewhere around $2.4 million business that I would have sold and put in the bank that I didn't because I was using your ads. And he was just sitting there speechless. He he said, "I, I don't know what to say. I said, there's nothing you can say. He said, how would I have known that? I said, you would have known it if you had studied it and read the books and studied direct response marketing and, and done everything I've done for the last year. But I said, you didn't do that. I said, you only know how to sell one thing and you know how to sell that thing really well. And that is, you know how to sell yellow page ads, but you don't have a clue how to sell products and services in print. And that's what this is all about. So that's, that was my first experience with really applying what I learned from Larry Latimer, uh, in print in a big way. And, and from that point on, I'm like, you know, pest control people don't know this. Small business people don't know this. This is stuff I've never even heard or contemplated. So that's what set me on the course of really becoming uninterested in managing a business and interested in teaching this stuff to other, other PCOs and other small business people. And, and that's what I learned in that five minute conversation with Larry Latimer is that I'd been doing it wrong all of these years now. And, and, you know, uh, Mike, you know too, Larry was a problem solver, especially when it came to communication he He seemed to have the answer to everything. He was the best salesman I ever met in my life. He could sell anybody anything anytime, anywhere, and in whatever quantity he wanted to. The only criteria was they had to they had to need it he He was an honest salesman and uh i'll tell you a little funny story about how he solved a problem for me one time my My uncle passed away uh, my favorite uncle and my cousin called me uh, the next morning and asked me if I would, we call him uncle Bub. He's he wanted me to to sing a song at uncle Bub's funeral. And I said, uh, you want me to do what? He said, sing a song at the funeral. And I, I had, I was just shocked. I said, Oh, uh, okay. I would be honored to, I, I'll, can I, will sing amazing grace. He said, that would be great. That would be great. So, I hung up the phone and I thought, oh my gosh, I've never sang at a funeral before. I've I've never even contemplated it. And now I've got to do it. So I, I said, I got three days here to get ready. So I got my guitar and I started singing Amazing Grace. And I would get halfway through the song and I would just break up and sob. I would be an emotional wreck before I got to the end of the song. I couldn't make it through that song because I would be thinking about singing it and thinking about my uncle and and I couldn't do it. And I said, Oh man, what am I gonna do? I can't get up in front of the church and do this. So I will call Larry. Larry will have a solution. So I call Larry and I said, Larry, I got a problem, man. I need your help. He said, What is it? I said, I gotta sing a song at my uncle's funeral in, in a couple of days. And I'm trying to rehearse the song and I can't make it through the song because I break down and cry. I get too emotional. What am i going to do he said oh he said that's a simple fix simple fix i said really he said yeah yeah no problem you're going to do great i said w- how he said well what's the setup i said well the setup is i'm going to be sitting there with the family down near the front row and when it, and my guitar is going to be on a guitar stand up there by the pulpit and i said when when it's my time I, they'll point at me and i'll just walk up there and i'll pick up my guitar Stand there, put the shoulder strap over my shoulder. I'll turn around. I'll face the congregation and I'll sing the song. <laughs> he said, okay, here's what you do. When you go up there and you get that, that, uh, guitar and you put it around your neck and you turn around, you face the congregation. He said, I want you to look out at the congregation. I want you to glance out and look at everybody out there. And I want you to imagine that they're all naked. I said, What? he said, I want you to imagine that they're all naked. And he said, trust me, you'll sing that song with a smile on your face and you won't have a bit of problem. I said, oh my God. I started smiling just thinking about it. He said, trust me. So I did. I got up there and and, and when it came my time to sing the song at that funeral, I got up there and I turned around and I looked out at the congregation and I imagined that they were all buck ass naked and I sang that song all the way through and fine fettle with a smile on my face and then I went over there and sat down and I just fell apart after I sat down but that was okay but I made it through the song and uh that was the kind of stuff Larry came up with it was so off the wall so out in left field but he knew how to control the, the, the human mind and, and get the proper response out of it. And uh, that's what this is all about. It's about being able to control the subconscious mind, which controls the conscious mind. Uh, when, it, when it comes to selling, you know you know, Mark Twain once said the difference between the almost right word and the right word is like the difference between a lightning bug and lightning. Now, think about that. The difference between almost right and right is like the difference between a lightning bug and lightning. It, it's, like the, it's, like the open, the, it's like opening the combination to a safe. The difference between the almost right combination of numbers and the right combination of numbers is the difference in whether the safe opens or it doesn't open. And that's exactly the way the buying vault in your subconscious mind is the exact right words and phrases and questions and the exact right sequence will cause that buying vault to open up in somebody's brain and they'll buy from you. They'll say yes. But if you get them wrong or in the wrong, if you get it almost right, then they say things like, well, I don't know. I need to think about this. You know, let me think it over. I don't know. looks good, but I I need to talk to my wife. I need to talk to my husband. I need to call some more companies. I don't know what to do. I'll call you back. Let me think about it. See, you've confused them by being almost right and not exactly right. That's what I learned in that five-minute conversation with Larry Latimer. And you've heard the saying, build a better mousetrap and the world will beat a path to your door. I think it was Ralph Waldo Emerson who said that. Well, you know, not if people don't know you have the mouse trap. And they have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt why your mouse trap is better than everybody else's mouse trap. They have to know that. You know, just, just having the best stake in town in and of itself is of no value to you whatsoever. Unless people know that you have that stake And they've got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt why your steak is better than everybody else's steak. And if you do that, people will flock to your door and they will eat in your restaurant. But most businesses, me for many, many years, and I'd say 90, over 98% of businesses market their businesses and they do their selling based on conventional wisdom. Uh, And, and, I, I call conventional wisdom the silent killer. It's the killer of sales and dreams and plans and, and hopes and relationships. I mean, listen, if you're operating on conventional wisdom, uh, you're going down the wrong course. Uh, it, it's, uh, uh, the best example I know of of conventional wisdom is this statement. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You've heard that. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You see, uh, conventional wisdom is really a collection of worn out cliches that are specifically designed to explain away failure before it happens. If somebody doesn't buy, if we do a presentation for somebody and they don't buy from us, or we, we pitch a termite treatment to them or a control or whatever, and we do everything right, we say, well, I, I, I did my presentation, but You know, they didn't buy, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Well, that's a bunch of crap. Because listen, I can tell you a half a dozen ways to make a horse drink water. You know, you can simply withhold water from him for a day and then lead him to water and he'll drink. You can exercise him for a couple of hours real hard, run him hard. And then when you lead him to water, he'll drink. You can leave him out in the hot sun all day long. And then when you lead him to water, he'll drink. You can feed him a whole ton of sweet feed and then lead him to the water trough and he'll drink. And if none of that works, you can simply take a big handful of salt and rub it in his mouth and he'll drink a ton of water. So if you lead a horse to water and he doesn't drink, uh, is it the horse's fault or is it your fault? You, You didn't know how to make him thirsty or you led him to the water at a time when he wasn't thirsty you see you got to do it right you've got to know how to make a horse thirsty or know when he is going to be thirsty and then you lead him to the water and he will drink heartily every single time so if you lead him to the water and he doesn't drink simply means you failed because you did it wrong don't blame it on the horse that's what i learned in that five minute conversation with Larry Latimer. And that's what, that's what I teach to my clients. And, and it's, it's just so inspiring watching these light bulbs come on in their heads when they begin to see things that they're not doing or that they're doing wrong. And then we begin to apply it to their businesses and you begin to, their phone begins to ring and their growth percentage begins to increase and they get happy. And it's like, they're creating multiple streams of new customers and they can't wait each week to tell me the numbers, you know, of what they sold the week before. Uh, and it's all about direct response marketing and being able to speak directly to that subconscious mind and your advertising your sales presentations on your website, your business cards, your flyers, your brochures, your vehicles, you know, all of that's sending a message out and, and, uh, if it's almost right, you're, you're, you're getting lightning bugs, but when you get it exactly right, uh, you're, you're getting lightning. And, uh, that's what I learned, Mike, in that five minute conversation with Larry Latimer. And that's kind of what led me to where I am today. Uh, so I just wanted to tell you that story, uh, how, how all of that evolved. And, uh, so I'll, uh, I'll shut up now, but I wanted to share that, and I kind of wanted to dedicate it to to Larry Latimer. So I'm tired. You talk.
1: Oh, you know, you know, um, getting a little echo there. Hold on a second. You know, I know that story uh, partially, and there's lots of things I didn't know, but I knew Larry very, very well, and I could almost give you another variation in another podcast of how Larry affected me and a lot of other different ways because Larry uh, started his ad agency with me. You know, that ad agency that hired you to do jingles, uh, Larry was involved with me, and I learned a lot from hearing his wisdom. And he was one of the most brilliant direct response marketers I ever met. And he gave me the names of people that that, that I'd never heard of who I've had the pleasure of becoming uh, acquaintances, friends, and actually speaking on their stages. People like Dan Kennedy, Marlon Sanders, um, you know, Larry told me about these people. Larry told me about Napoleon Hill and I'd never heard of Napoleon Hill. And it's amazing all the things that he knew about that made the difference in marketing. So, um, this was a great story. This has probably been our longest podcast because there was just too many golden nuggets to to leave out. Um, but speaking of golden nuggets, you know, one of the best ways to get mentored and get the wisdom like Hal got from Larry is to get involved with Hal. And you know, he's, he's got a phone number where he'll give you an hour of his time, which is like handing you hundreds of dollars of bills, just invaluable to talk to Hal, and I tell people every day that they need to know the wisdom, direct response marketing wisdom of Hal that's taken him years to develop, so call Hal at 770-993-0004, and and tell him that you remember Mike saying you need to call and take up uh, your free hour because you need to have a coach and a mentor. You, you heard what Hal said. He went every Wednesday morning and spent four hours a week with Larry to learn these things. You know. So you, you know, what are you doing? And you know something that you told me in this this uh, message that I had no idea. You spent seventy four thousand dollars a year. On an ad that you could only correct once a year. Yeah, My, amazing, isn't it? In the internet world, that's called insanity. <laughs> Basically, well, this was,
0: you know, this was kind of prior to the internet really getting cranked up. You know, oh, I we know.
1: And 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 you know, we could do a whole episode on the yellow pages and Google. And, in fact, it's interesting. Just today, one of our good students, I'm not going to name names to protect the innocent, but he is firing YP.com because, uh, unfortunately, their cheese got moved when Google came along. You know, uh, the Yellow Pages uh, are not, you know, I don't have a yellow book in my house, and I would say more and more people don't. And I'm sorry. I'm not uh, slandering the Yellow Pages. The yellow pages was a media and Google is a media and the internet is a media and medias improve and change and you embrace medias and use them to your fullest, the most cost effective way to get your marketing message out. But marketing messages and marketing psychologies have not ever changed. The medias have changed. And so online media is just a way to get your message out. But the principles that you talked about and that Larry talked about in direct response, they haven't changed. Oh my gosh. Everywhere you talked about Yellow Page Ad, I could have said website. Yeah. So so I I I'm trying not I'm trying to hold back because I got a thousand things I'd like to talk about. So we'll save it for another episode. Call Hal at 770 993 4 And if you want to spend an hour with me, I just did it the other day with a PCO and he went, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God not knowing you don't know what you don't know call me at 770-826-3662 but i got to get out of here because I, well i do
0: too but I, I got one more thing mike what's that in case you're interested listen i I got, I got a used set of world book encyclopedias if i'll let you have them cheap and there's a world of information in there well, I,
1: well, how good do they burn
0: <sighs> i don't know but that'll probably be my last resort listen i enjoyed this mike we do have to get out of here, so
1: uh, can't wait to record the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Pest Control Marketing Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes and on your phones and in Stitcher on your Android. But more importantly, go to our website, PestControlMarketingPodcast.com. Subscribe to our email list to always be notified of new episodes. You're never going to want to miss what we got coming up next and you never know what we're going to be able to do to help you with your pest control marketing.